like uh, me and my friend were talking about um, tornadoes. Mm-hmm. He's from Texas and whatever. And uh, we're talking about how like this the sky turns green during that time. Okay. Have you seen? Have you been ever seen a tornado or? Like, I live in a green Washington. Sky? Yeah, but have you visited? No. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I live in I live in areas with good weather. Washington, okay. Hawaii, Germany, like good weather. <laughs> Wait, what? Good weather. Okay. I thought you said what? I thought you said Germany in there somewhere. I did. Oh, that's good weather. Oh, I didn't know that. I've never been to Germany. I I know, cause I'm special. <laughs> Have you been to Germany? Yes. Oh, I lived in Germany for two years. Have you been to Hawaii? I was born there. Yeah, I know. I've been to Hawaii. It was, I liked it. That's pretty cool. I like <laughs> it. I like it too. So anyway, so we're, we're uh, it, it's kind of weird because now whenever I'm curious about something, I'm just like, oh, I'll just go look it up. I'll figure it out. As you should. You have access to the goose. I know. They're, they're, they're the g- <laughs> <laughs> We've already established that's a word and it will forever be <laughs> the uh, googs. Oh, my gosh. So uh, do you want to know why the sky is green during a tornado? All the grass and the reflection through the or the the sun being filtered through the grass. You would think so, but that is not why. Um, so, did you know that a blue has shorter wavelength light than the other lights? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, during sundown, the the atmosphere changes, and that is why we see less blue. Okay. Because there's just more stuff for the the atmosphere that bounce off essentially okay and uh so it's during this time when there's red skies but then there's lots of like a crap ton of water droplets in the atmosphere okay and during a bad storm though uh water molecules reflect more green green oh my gosh green wavelength light (laughs) (laughs) under the right weather circumstances but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a tornado. It just means that there's definitely going to be nasty wet weather. Wow. So now you know that. Sounds like wizardry, if you ask me. <laughs> Which is funny because Wizard Boz, the wizard dude, isn't mm-hmm. he? Oh, no. She's green. The witch is green. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She uses magic. I don't think you ever seen her using magic, though. No. Hmm. Weird. Nobody. I don't think anybody actually uses magic in the Wizard of Oz. I don't think so, either. Well, she flies around on a broom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Except for the flying. Uh, So just like the juxtaposition of light and dark, the difference between a blue sky and a green sky is no different. The blue sky... It's just perspective. (laughs) Oh, my God. So the blue blue sky represents happiness and serenity, and the green sky represents, would represent, in this case, fear and caution. But the water droplets in the atmosphere have created a contrast between two things that otherwise would have been the same. Can I just say... You can say perception again and segue again. <laughs> perception! <laughs> segue! Can I just say that these introductions and the amount of research that goes into these uh, uh, these connected stories, these parables, these, uh, these allegories, if you will, are just they're just getting great. I'd like to commend you on on your, oh, on your production better? of the of the <laughs> uh, of, of this of this season of podcast. We, we we've been stepping it up. We you've been stepping it up. So <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, so you have a similar impact when the sun goes up and the sun goes down. The sky doesn't change, but 
It's color, mood, and atmosphere does. Ooh. Perception. Indeed. Segment. And so is that what this episode is about? The sky? Yeah. No. Perspective. Come on, man. <laughs> We're doing so good. <laughs> yeah, it's about perspective and D&D enlightenment, essentially. Uh, which so, is a matter of perception. Yes. It's how you perceive the world. Right. It's all ma- So light and dark, good and evil, mm-hmm. it's all a matter of, of perspective. Right. Good. Good. You're learning. Yay. <laughs> I learned a, a thing. <laughs> so today we're going to go beyond the contrast of black and white. Uh, we're going to talk about depth and storytelling and characters. And um, although we are entertained with, you know, the stories like the original Star Wars trilogy, this, you know, simple, basic light and dark story, Mm -hmm. um, it seems to be the stories that have a little bit more depth and ambiguity. Oh, my gosh, that word. Can you say it for me? Ambiguity. (laughs) Thank you. That kind of stick with us uh, even after the story has been told and we're driving home from the movies and... Or like, oh my gosh, the thing. You know what's funny? Is when I said ambiguity, I thought of the, uh, that, like when you press the, the button in the dictionary to tell you how to say a word, and then it just stops and goes, ambiguity. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then it goes from there. Because it, it tries to do it as bar- as phonetically as possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Hmm. I have a very dictionary voice, apparently. <laughs> Maybe. So, uh, do you know what the contrast effect is? Uh, ooh, let me try to guess. Okay. Uh, shoot. Let me let me let me a peek behind a peek behind the curtain. David does two different documents. One that he has all like the, most of the information on, yeah. and the other one that I have like access to. But it technically I have access to both, but it just lends to you know better podcasting. But like he puts he puts these things up front, and if I'm if I'm zealous enough, I'll go and do like research ahead of time. But then sometimes he hits me with things that he didn't put on my document, and I'm like, oh crap, oh crap, I don't know, I don't know. And Which is crazy because honestly, like Will never researches these topics. I go in and I have to research like crazy, and not just that, I have to try to remember it when I'm talking about it. So either way. I don't know what this is. <laughs> okay. So the contrast effect. So so picture this. Take a rectangular canvas and paint one half of it uh, like a dark gray. Okay. And you paint the other half of it a light gray, right? Okay. Okay. Now we take two squares that aren't part of this canvas. Okay. And they are the exact same color. Okay. And in this example, we're going to say that they're both green. Okay. Okay. And so we got green cubes on a light to dark gray. Right. Okay. And you place, yeah, you place one on one on the dark gray side. You place one on the light gray side. And because of our human perception, they appear to be two different colors of Ooh, green. Light and green. Oh. But they're the exact same color. It's by association of the spectrum. Right. That's pretty nifty. Perspective. Are we just going to keep on doing that? I don't know, but I feel like you could do a sound <laughs> effect whenever we say it. Perspective. <laughs> or if people are doing a drinking game, uh, the word today is perspective. perspective. <laughs> <laughs> so you may already or, be trashed. Or ambiguity. 
Oh man, they are like they're not even listening anymore. They're passed out on the on the floor. <laughs> Perspective and ambiguity. <laughs> no, I can't take another shot. <laughs> uh, so, so you want to talk about Star Wars again at all? To be honest, I think we've done enough Star Wars. Yeah, I was gonna. You know, I was going to have that on there, but it, it, just because when we talked about it in the last episode, how like the original trilogy was just really, you know, black and white. And then they added the, you know, the complexity in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll skip it. Please do. It's really hard, though, because I have notes here for it. Okay. How about this? I'm just kidding. I want to skip it. Gosh. You out. do want to skip it? Yeah. Okay. Then let's not talk about it. Okay. So uh, I'm actually going to cut the whole part where you ask me if we should talk about it and just not talk about it. Okay. I thought that added more flavor. (laughs) Sure. Should I just leave all this in too? Complexity to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Ambiguity. (laughs) Ambiguity. (laughs) All right. So uh, (laughs) one of the first stories that I can remember that added complexity to the hero decision was actually. Actually, what movie do you think it was? <laughs> I'm looking at my notes now. What? Oh, darn it. It says. All right. All right. So anyway, so it's actually. Oh, uh, you forgot you put it in my yeah, notes. Uh, yeah. You it was actually. Uh, this is the first time I, I thought about it, actually, mm-hmm. uh, was Terminator 2. And Oh, the, it's not in my notes. Oh, it's not. Darn it. Um, I would have guessed something else. Okay. They actually. Uh, but they ended. Of course, you know, because it was back in the day. Like, they actually ended up playing it safe. Mm-hmm. But okay, whatever. I'm gonna spoil Terminator Two. <gasps> so, the story is about time travel, going back in time and trying to fix something or change something so that events in the future don't occur. Right. And so the good guys were actually going to go. Well, only the Terminator went back in time, but he said what they have to do, mm-hmm. and they had to go and kill the scientist. Mm-hmm. To prevent him from creating the Terminators. Right. And I remember thinking, like, that was, or at least that was, the, like, the first time I can remember thinking, like, what? These good guys are going to go kill this innocent dude. Before and then he find can, it. Yeah. Before he can actually commit before his crime. Before he does the thing. And okay. not just that, like, he has kids. I was like, that's not what good guys are supposed to do. Yeah. But as with everything in, in this episode, it's about perspective <laughs> well i mean because you think about it it's coming from people who've seen the world destroyed by this one person so well, the funny thing is is um oh i can't remember the character's names but it's only the terminator that's seen this bad right the uh, wow uh linda hamilton i can't remember her name or character's name but i can remember the actress linda hamilton has only been told that this is going to happen mm-hmm. why can't i remember her name either i don't remember sarah connor yep Wow, there's a whole TV show. I love that TV show, actually. Still haven't seen it. It's so I've heard. It's good, yeah. but I don't know if it's will good. Ooh. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, in a way, that's a little bit about what our what our podcast is about today. Even though we've yeah. already said it a billion times. Perspective. <laughs> Um, um go ahead uh so like i guess really what it comes down to is now that we've already discussed in the last podcast or in the last uh, last week's episode we were talking about what 
like that balance between light and dark now we're taking a step back and looking at what makes or what we consider to be right. light and dark yes so exactly. now instead of being a part of the situation we are omnipotent and we are outside of it and looking in and seeing oh the you reasons. and me right now yes oh cool yes we exist outside of time and, and space and it's we, like playing populist yes or black and white i've never played that one it's really good i've heard or some city or I only city heard about skyline it I was reading about programming ai or tropico or I, never, I just play populist that's it as far as those type of games go sim coaster Sim roller coaster, coaster. <laughs> roller coaster tycoon. <laughs> Never mind. I played Sims. Never mind. And I made them. Yeah. I like made a tower, and then uh, and I put no bathrooms in there. And I thought it was funny because you couldn't pee anywhere, yeah. which yeah, is ridiculous. Just, Actually, I think eventually they pee on the floor, but yeah, it's they're not awesome. happy about it. No, of course I wouldn't be. It ruins their chill because they don't have depends. <laughs> so thank you to our sponsor today, Depends. <laughs> um, <laughs> That'd be awesome. Our first sponsors depends. How weird would that be? <laughs> Two middle-aged men with perfectly fine urinary tracts. Uh, to your t- knowledge. Hey, I don't know. I'm wearing Maybe one this right be the now. Perfect. You spo- wouldn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Advertising. Oh no! I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> Let's get to the next friggin' example of perspective. Not only am I a sponsor, I'm also a member. <laughs> How are you a member of the pens? <laughs> okay, so moving on. Uh, to the dark night. My goodness. <laughs> no more. Uh, so, and these are, honestly, these are ones that just kind of came to my mind uh, mm-hmm. when I was writing this. And this one had to do with, do you remember this, the the scene or the the circumstance yeah where morgan freeman was like i don't really want to do this yeah but what what happened what what it was build a scenario so they were looking for this crazy criminal and um unfortunately this criminal really had no rhyme or reason to the thing he was doing so instead of doing the investigative work that batman is known for he decided to take the easy way out and use the technology at his disposal to spy on everybody in the city mm. and the only person who had access to like turn this on this ability was uh lucius fox i yeah, believe lucius fox and he had told batman it's like once you go past this point like there's no turning back you're actually the thing that they think you are mm. you're they they don't need a big brother. They don't need uh they don't need you watching their every step. And this power is not for one person to have or for really anybody to have. And at this point he was like, I understand what we're doing, but I don't support it. Right. And then I I, I want I can't remember who was made the decision. Is like once we do it and we find him, destroy this. Or did he say he was going to destroy it? I think it was Morgan Freeman, yeah. That says, I'm going to do this because we need to find him because he's killing people and because right. he's sowing well, the seeds well, of destruction and is, chaos. Yep. And, and then he and said, it but forces I have to... him to do something that he didn't necessarily want to do. And I actually, there's a little bit of me that thinks that his character was like, doesn't really mind using this, but he wasn't because Lucius didn't want him to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was, um, well. I mean, in terms of perspective, it was 
from the perspective of the person trying to solve the problem, it was considered the best option. Mm -hmm. But the only option, the only option, desperate. I mean, there's desperation, right? Like I, but there's so much chaos. I can't stop this chaos. But then from the perspective of the populace, it's like, oh my gosh, you can do this. Mm. It's kind of like the same way that, um, that like Facebook user data is kind of like, it's the idea that we kind of knew ahead of time that they were doing it and it was fine until we found out that somebody else was using it mm. to manipulate things as opposed to just gathering things to further support the populace. Yeah. So maybe like if you think about it in terms of the Batman thing, it's like everybody probably already knows that the government can possibly there's back doors to like to use these things to solve crimes and mm. stuff, but do they know the true extent? And then when it's exposed to them that they can listen into all of your conversations and right. not just, you know, not just track the web page you go to, which seems innocuous enough, but they can listen to your everyday conversations, which are none of their business. And I think that's kind of like one of the things that like, Okay, government. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's, I think that that's like the whole perspective thing. You get my joke. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the, yeah, that's the idea of perspective in that case. Like from the perspective of, of the populace, it's a thing that happens until it's used the wrong way. Right. And then from the perspective of the person trying to solve the crime, it's the only thing I can do to solve the thing, even though I know I'm exposing or using pretty much like I have the power I shouldn't using it somehow is like I don't know I, I don't know. it's 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 a it's a moral quandary for sure I'm curious okay well actually so it's so cool though that like it was almost like a sonar thing mm-hmm. and bats use sonar oh, so cool anyway adorable so I'm curious from your perspective mm-hmm. your personal sp- perspective your omnipotent perspective because we're outside of the realm of reality or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, at this point in time do you think that the the what, ends justified the means well um considering their plan to destroy the device after it was used to yeah. find the thing yes okay um i always thought that so I, I thought so too i was like man this joker guy like he's... but lucius fox's perspective on that we should have never created this to start with is right. kind of it's valid as well. It's a it's an idea of why did we there's no reason why we needed this much power, but now that we have it and there's actually a reason like when we created this power, we had no reason to have it. Mm-hmm. This villain has given us a reason to use it, but I, I mean that's... going forward, this power could be used to corrupt somebody or can be corrupted to be used for bad things. That's science... and that's why we can't have it anymore. That is science in general, you know, all these scientists, they they have these inventions and everything, and, like, they have no way of knowing, like, what the end result of this invention is going to be. You yeah, know? it's nuclear fusion. Mm-hmm. We can use it to power a whole country, or we can use it to blow up one. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You make your decision. Perspective. So, uh, I thought this was... Co- I'm not oh, going to... sorry. Perspective. <laughs> I'm not going to mention the TV show this is from. But uh, there is someone in a wheelchair that has this power to, like, the infinite degree where they can see everything. Would you say that a device that he can use, like, it's kind of a room, maybe a no, dome? No, no, no. It's not. Oh, shoot. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like Xavier can do the same thing. Huh. With Cerebro? Yeah. 
That's what I thought you were talking Bless. about. It's, it's a dude. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So every time we say wow. Um, Do you, uh, you my know what friend, show I'm talking about now? I don't. Oh, gosh. Do you, um, do you know who, you know, uh, uh, say Olin Wilson? Have you ever seen like yeah. the compilations where he just goes, wow, wow, wow. I have not. Wow. Now do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's almost like they copied Xavier. Uh, yeah, kind of. Kind of. Eh, kind of. Kind of. They kind of, well, if you think about it, they could have copied Xavier. They could have copied Gandalf. They could have copied. Uh, but the whole wheelchair thing. No, the wheelchair is a way of um, think about video game balancing, where if mm. you give somebody a power, they have to have some kind of disability. Uh, it's a it's a balance thing for sure. Because if he was able that to, makes sense. Yeah. So uh, if Xavier could run, like that's just not fair. Well, no, it, I, it, I know there's a level of vulnerability to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, moving on. Past that. Uh, moving on to more recent movie uh, with Civil War. Mm-hmm. So Tony thinks that the Avengers should be a government entity, and Steve thinks that the government can be corrupted, and that they should be free to decide how to use their gifts for good. Right. So the pro- the the moral quandary there is: Can we govern ourselves? Right. And f- from experience, no, we can't. No. But also. Nobody can govern us because from experience, they are also corrupt. Yeah. So it is, it's definitely, like I said, it's a moral quandary. It's the, from, from one perspective, I mean, from somebody right. who is, from somebody like Ca- Captain America, who is supposed to be the, the paragon of all things good. Yes. And he thinks that nobody can be corrupted because mm-hmm. that's what he believes. That's what he wants to believe. But he's seen it first. Right. He's seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. But from his perspective, he can say, he can say that I haven't been corrupted and I've been around all these corruptible people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or corrupted people. Even my best friend was corrupted, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but then from uh, then from like Tony's perspective, he's like, I don't have any powers and I can already see like how, oh no, I came from a spot where I was technically corrupted as well. Right. And I came to the light and I can see that the transition is possible. Therefore, I don't want it to become a problem. Right. Considering that all of you guys have powers. Also, Tony's uh, litigation for them ha- or for Tony them has ha- powers. Like realistically, because you were talking about how you wish your superpower could be like infinite knowledge or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like this dude... I mean, right. he's like, oh, time travel. I was just sitting down on my couch. Oh, usually when they define um, Tony Stark's powers, it typically has to do with hyperintelligence. Yeah. Um, but not from a mutation or anything like right, that. Right, it's right, just right. he's really smart. Um, but I think one of the things, if you really look at it, a bit, uh, look at it uh, Tony Stark's... Um, Spoiler hit... alert, by the way. Sorry. No, this is from like Civil War. This is a couple of movies ago. But even then, Tony Stark's... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Where he's he's in, his being an advocate of this uh, the accords mm-hmm. has to, in my opinion, has to do a lot with the fact that Guilt. he is one of the no that, and the fact that he is one of the few humans in this group, and everybody else is or humans without powers. Um, well, that's your speculation. Like that's never, my yeah. yeah well, I, I do think it has explicitly. to do with like vulnerability and with like seeing the fact that these people can do all these things mm-hmm. and encountering these aliens and everything, which are closely associated with his colleagues. Right. So if these aliens well, then, who then, are then closely... Hawkeye joins Captain America. I was trying to think of the human people. Well, Ant Man joins them. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye joins them. Right. 
But all these people, are, if you look at it, there are people who have gained a, a level. Uh, I don't know. They like they they view their powers in a different way. Okay. Um, and I think the well, I guess way Hawkeye's ta- like tr- trained himself, you know, right. basically his whole life, and then to do the good, he is literally like a he's a soldier but boy. Ant- but realistically, Ant Man and Iron Man, in a way, aren't very different. Right, but like, we, I mean, we also Ant- have to consider Ant-Man's even more. We have to consider which Ant Man we're talking about too. In the, in oh, the instead of in Hank the, Pym, yeah. yeah, yeah, like Hank Pym is probably closer to Iron Man's side in right. terms of I've seen people use my stuff for bad. Yes, I think we should regulate it. And oh, then you yeah. have he, Scott he probably, Lang is like yeah. I inherited this or I I have use of this, and I realize I've seen all the bad done, and I know why I can do good, yeah. and I think that everybody else I, can too. I don't know how what side Hank Pym was in the comics but it makes sense that he would have been on iron man's side right and if you really look at it the people who don't believe in the accords also have like a brighter uh per- wow well, a brighter perspective about about the world and that things can be good and people can be good right um whereas if you look at the people that were on the other side it's like nope people are bad i've seen it mm-hmm. and they need regulations because of that we can't regulate ourselves. i've seen it that kind of thing they're a lot more pessimistic about the future. I think I mean, it's still either way. Like, so even though Tony Stark is this brilliant mind, like yes. his logical mind is so impulsive. And I think that Steve's, you know, logical side is so much more calculated. Yeah. It's yeah. Again, it's, it's a, that's a deep dive. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. To talk about there, yeah, you can, yeah, it's, it's a deep dive. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you want to know what else is a deep dive? Are you ready for this? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I actually am going to thank a Reddit user by the name of I, don't know, I guess it's you, Bubonis. There's a there's a okay. there's a forward slash in that, or maybe a backslash. I don't remember which one's which. Okay. So anyway, uh, he was talking about how uh, Megatron was an energy miner, mm-hmm. and the Cybertronian. Mm-hmm. For some reason, there's squiggly lines underneath Cybertronian. I think I spelled it right. Yeah, I don't have it on my sheet, so I don't <laughs> I know. know. Uh, Cybertronian government was corrupt, and the Decepticons were fighting for their rights and a fair share of energy. Mm-hmm. But the Cybertronian government mm-hmm. was set up to keep the ruling Autobots in power. Mm-hmm. So Megatron started a revolution. Mm-hmm. So I think the story has been written like three, maybe four times. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And I think, well, that, I mean, sorry. I think that it's, it's definitely, it's kind of like the idea. If you, if you really want to think about it, like, so I want to, I want, before you go on to that thought, I want you to take it as this. When you're a kid and you watch Transformers, Who we're talking about Transformers, by the way. More than meets the eye. That's More what you put on my sheet, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was like, we're talking about freaking Transformers. <laughs> so when you're a kid and you saw Transformers or your Decepticons and Autobots, what were your thoughts? That the Autobots were pansies and the Decepticons were cool. <laughs> really? For reals. Oh, real? Yeah. Oh. Megatron's well, was, the best. No. Well, I was... I, wow, that's interesting. Because I, I, I definitely was like, oh, Autobots are good. Decepticons are bad. 
Oh no! I mean, back then it's just like it's the power thing. Always the villains seem cooler because they have more power, uh, and and all the good guys always are like they're succeeding by the power of friendship. And I'm like, well, that's crap. Friendship, friendship. We work together, therefore we're always going to succeed. And I'm like, but that's yeah, like every but Final look at Fantasy Megatron's game. gun, though. That's like every Final Fantasy game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I love him too. Look at Megatron's gun, though. This is like look at Megatron's gun, and Optimus got this little pew pew. Yeah, this little pew pew. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. He really does. He just has a little pew pew gun. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But then but again, Megatron th- can transform down into a little pew pew gun as well, or he can transform into that tripod gun. Oh yeah. Oh no, I think that was just Galvatron. Anyways, we can. We still gotta do an episode on Transformers. <laughs> Well, I just sit here and listen. Yep. And enjoy it. <laughs> so, uh, but I can see how that, like, oh, what I was going to say is comparing that to rebellions in modern history. Technically, uh, when America was founded as a nation, it was based off of a rebellion, yeah. which can be seen from the perspective of the British government as, like, there's these religious dissidents that. They want so badly to do their their thing, which is which we think is evil, and so, so we're never going to let them do it. Well, so how do rebellions work too? It's always it's an opposing idea. That's all. Yeah, but like, how how do they? What tactics do they usually use? They use like deception and or guerrilla guerrilla tactics. Yes, or well, like their ninjas. Oh, wait, wow, did you really just say deception? So you could give me the say Decepticons. <laughs> well, it's true though. I mean, I mean, yeah. like they—they they are. They're—I mean, tactics they use. They would, you know, they would go in and kill someone in the night, or you know, a political figure, or whatever advantage they had. That's not all rebels, though. Some sure. rebellions are founded on actual like political things, and it's right, like right. A, it's like and a they big... just stand on somewhere and hold hands, and yeah, I mean, there's all or forms dump of... a bunch of tea over the side of a boat, right. There's multiple. You're right. There's multiple kinds. So yeah, but that being said, Megatron did not drop tea over the side of some. As far as boat. you know, as far as I know, he might have. It could have been Energon first, tea. It could. It could have been his first like tactic. Yeah. He was like, "Dang it, this didn't work." Yeah. Destruction. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah. I. I yeah. I, the way I see it is that it probably. It could be probably interpreted as the as a decept- it, the thing about even if the Decepticons are the good guys, and or supposedly the good guys, or they perceive themselves to be the good guys, it's always a, the series has always been about opposition, really, uh, right. when it comes down to it. So it really has nothing to do with, or it's always given that tinge of Decepticon means bad and the Autobot mm-hmm. means good. But if you really look at it, it's always been the conflict of ideals. Right. So Megatron is always looking for Energon. It doesn't help that his his voice sounds He's really like always a bad guy. Pers- always the 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 prototypical bad guy voice. <laughs> um, the Beast Wars Megatron it's was the best. Just how I was born. <laughs> yeah, the Beast Wars one was the best because he just constantly said yes. Wait, wait. Were Transformers born though? Never mind. mind. We'll save it for that podcast. Oh my goodness! You don't want to get into the I creation don't. myth. I don't. Of Transformers. Oh my gosh! I don't. All okay, right. so, so let's not. Moving on. Uh, this is the time where we take a break. No, this is the prime. This this is the prime. Oh um, no, 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 no! Like time wise, we need to take a break. Okay, cool. Let's take a break. Bye. Let's do a break. Never. Mind. Bye. No. I don't want to say go. bye. I don't know why I said bye. I'm going <laughs> to delete this part. <laughs> 
And we're recording. Yes, we are. Because he hit the button. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Moral quandaries and stuff. <laughs> Anyways. So, uh, I already know the answer, but have you ever heard of the trolley problem? Do you know the answer? Yeah. Well, you'll never actually know the, the, the answer to the question unless you ask it, which is kind of another theory. I did Schrodinger's ask you. Cat theory. What? what? Schrodinger's cat. Oh, crap. I don't. Oh, crap. You I don't, don't remember. You don't know if the cat's alive or dead unless you open the box. So, oh, so the yeah. cat exists in a in a state of flux. And, and well, so why, why don't they just do the the tree falls in the woods it's like the same thing, right? Does it make a sound? Sure, it makes sound it's waves. It's similar, but does it make a sound? It, it the thing is sound waves are sound, so technically it does. No, they're sound waves. We would have to define what exactly sound is. Is sound? Sound is the sound take in is, these sound waves. The waves. That's why they call it sound waves. I don't know. Anyway, they they would just be You're called waves right. if they were just <laughs> not sound. You're probably right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so the trolley problem. The trolley problem. And for those unfamiliar with the trolley problem, um, actually, uh, no, I'll set up the scenario. So, you have a trolley mm-hmm. on, a, on a train track. Do you have a problem associated with said trolley? No, I don't have any problems with trolleys. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's really weird that they call it the trolley problem, though, because, I mean, it works better today if it's like a train. Cause... It's a freaking trolley. Okay, so the, you have a trolley on and tracks, right? Trolley on a track. <laughs> and you have five people laid out on the track and they're like tied up there okay and there's a switch that you could pull mm-hmm. to make that trolley go on a different track mm-hmm. right but there is one person multiple butts tied to the other train track trolley track mm-hmm. do you pull the lever to save the five people but sacrifice the one. Or do you let it run over the five people and save the one? Now, many a times when this question is asked, people ask for details, whether it's somebody, a loved one on the side of the tracks that you're I'm going to get to that part. Gosh. <laughs> so just, so without any context, sorry, I should have added that. Without yes, any you context. Because you know how my brain works. Sorry. Of course I'm not going <laughs> to do this without context. Okay. Without any context. Without any context. You you save the five. Your... You try to save the five people. But here's what you end up doing. If you pull the switch at the last moment, you can mm. actually derail the trolley, and that way it doesn't kill anybody. I don't think that's part of the rules. Uh, well, chaos theory. The rules are very <laughs> chaos, chaos theory, theory sir. <laughs> um, uh, you're not gonna. You're gonna give me. No, I would. I would. I would. I would aim aim the aim the trolley at the one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think they said like. Had the defined rules been set that these are the things you can, right? There is no other stipulations. This is the thing. Blah blah blah. These yeah. are these are all these faceless are the only people. two options. Yeah, these They're are all faceless, faceless people. Yeah. The time that you pull the trolley is going to ensure that the train go, or the trolley goes in the right direction mm-hmm. or the direction that you choose all those things set in place go for the one person yeah and i think like uh i think it the st- statistic was that like 70 percent of 
philosophers would pull the switch. Yeah. In their little survey that they did. Okay. Their philosopher survey. So Who, who's they? I don't know. Philosophers. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so <fine>. whatever. <laughs> what if that one person was mm-hmm. Albert Einstein? Kill him. Really? Well, I mean, you're already going to save the five people anyways. Even if, even if, uh, so the, the five people are innate, like faceless, but the one person is Albert Einstein. That's fine. He would still do it? Yeah. Why? Because look at how many millions of lives or hundreds of thousands of lives you could have saved by him not existing. Yeah. But, but, I actually since, we're not, that... since we're not changing, we can't really, it's kind of like changing time. We don't know right. what effect that would have if there would be some other scientist that would come along with. Um, other prevailing the, theories the, of relativity. Right. I was trying to think of somebody that would give Paul also more is this before or after he jumps. I would say before. Right. Okay. Um, when when he has potential, like all potential for all good for humanity, right? That thing. Um, but the thing is, I don't know that. And my yeah. from my perspective, yeah, I would want to. I mean, I was trying to think of it. It was I was having a harder time trying to think of a person that. You know, it's just like this pinnacle of importance. Mm-hmm. And I thought, for some reason, Albert Einstein seemed like the best choice. But well, it's because I mean, he has a lot of theories that have been built upon for the advancement of science. But right. he also was involved in a project that killed lots of people. Yeah. So. Okay. What you going to do? Uh, I wish I could think of a better one right off the, like right off the top. But I can't think of one right this second. So we'll move into. The one years you were saying. What if it was a loved one? As the one person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. That's where it starts getting difficult. That's where there's the moral quandary. Right. But then is also the idea of putting a cost on life and a, a value to life. And does one is one life more valuable than five lives because you know them? Well, that or, life is obviously more valuable to you. Right. Well, unless... For well, me, no, I always think about these decisions. It's not about me. It's about just the decision as, as a whole because you don't know the other people, so it stops right. being about you and actually becomes about uh, not necessarily public perspective, but you have to, you really have to take a step back, and the decision you're making is no longer about you because you have people who you don't know. Mm-hmm. Their life is in your hand. Right. Um, and in that case, I still feel, I still feel like I would end up sacrificing the one person. Like, it's just a... I guess the idea that you never, you don't know why the decisions are put in front of you to make those decisions, and say what's to say that 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 decision is because <laughs> what if that loved one isn't that loved one is an evil person, and that person actually by sacrificing them you're doing the greater good, or what's to say that the five people that you save are actually just all evil people too? Like who knows? But at that Maybe same it was time, actually a good guy. That tied all the bad guys to the track. That could be that too. But again, it, it, from the 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 question that this the thing asks, really, and it has it really has nothing to do with good or evil. It has nothing to do with loved ones or or or, or, or I guess really just like who you know. It has more to do about the value of human life right. and. There are some people who 
would freeze and sit and there's a and, and in those same surveys would say i wouldn't do anything mm-hmm. i would let nature take its course because right. who am i to be the the judge of who should live and i think that that's a that's a, something that's not brought up enough whenever dealing with the it's trolley problem. Up. It's still brought up quite a bit. Well, right. let, let well me, I don't think it's brought up enough. I think a right. lot of times people are just like, well, I would start for blah, blah, blah. You don't think about, well, then I'm not going to pull. There's a lot. A lot of people think of it as a true false uh, question because mm-hmm. of the way it's asked. But I don't think that. Um, I think if the question was more fleshed out in a way to give the person multiple choices that or three choices or maybe even more depending on how they want to add more oh, i got a third choice for you more things you just don't do it i mean i think there's there's a there's a quite a few people who first of all don't feel like they have the authority to choose who lives and dies and there's a lot of people who say that i believe in the natural course of things right so. well you kind of killed my next part of it i didn't kill nothing okay so well this is gonna be an easy Segway. one <laughs> this is gonna be an easy one for you so uh so what if you were on a bridge above the trolley and you could push someone off to stop the train instead of flipping the switch? You push someone off, the trolley crashes into the, the person and mm-hmm. stops and doesn't kill anybody? Well, it kills the person that you push off. Right. But why am I pushing a person off? Who is this person? Just a person. Yeah, see, that's weird. <laughs> but so, also, so the moral see, point- in, the, in that case, you're actually committing a crime. Right. So... No, I'm not pushing anybody off. Yeah, but that's al- that's also oh, well. That's that's the extended part of the the trolley problem is, you know, like okay, well, a lot of people are okay with pulling the switch, mm-hmm. and there's the result of someone dying. Yes, it's by proxy, right? But you, then you can push, justify but, proxy but murder. You pulled it. Yeah. yeah, you pulled it, and effectively you've done the same thing as pushing someone. So if you're all if you're like a utilitarian, like a utilitarian. Mm-hmm. They would say that both Push. are both are equal, right? And that pushing the person is actually saving six people, um, yeah, as opposed to saving only four. With well, the, either way, oh, I, I mean, it's or, sorry, still six people because the five, other person would be pushed yeah, off. Five, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um, it's a, it's like one of the, it's one of those things where I feel like it's very divisive and. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I guess I so, think about so, it like these kind of decisions don't often, if ever, occur in like human yeah, life to, to I sacrifice. That. I, I get that. I get yeah. that. So I, I'm going to ask you this one. So what if that person on the bridge was the villain that set everyone on the track? We actually get get into the problem that, or like the the decision that's made at the end of Batman. Mm-hmm. The person who of, has of com- uh, yeah yeah of, of Dark Knight, sorry, of Dark Knight, or is it? No, it's Dark Knight. Whenever whenever he um, he has to he has the Joker hanging from the oh, building. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. Pretty much, he has the opportunity to kill him, and he doesn't because even though he's killed all these people, or he's been instrumental in killing all these mm. people. It's better to bring him to justice and not be a murderer like he is. he doesn't is. want to be him, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so in that case, for me, it's still letting the thing run its course. But the thing is, like you... Well, that's, see, that's the thing. Because like, you would have to... Like, if you killed him, then you could stop it. Yeah. But, yeah. And I, and I guess for me, that, that that's a freeze-up moment. Because you don't really know... At that point, do you... 
do you actually become a villain by killing the villain or do you become a morally compromised person by killing the villain? But see, and, and the why, so I understand why you, well, we'll get into that part. Well, um, I'll skip past that for a second. Um, Oh no, I'm I'm done with it. Never mind. <laughs> so it, it it really is a matter of perspective about what is right or wrong. Perspective. Yeah. Um. You know, especially in that instance. You know, if that's if that if that is the villain, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure plenty of people would say like, hey, kill the villain. Mur- yeah, murder is okay in this instance. So I mean, just like the United States, they think that they have. Uh, if this person commits crime, they send them to the electric chair. They give them the the death sentence. But or there's also a crime, fight over but, that too. Right. That's the reason why it's considered legal in certain states and exactly. illegal in others. Because it's the idea that do we really have the right to say mm-hmm. whether... Th- is, say there, is there a precedence killing. for saying that murder is okay? Yep. And so, but... Perception. Exactly. But everyone's going to have a different perception to this. And so right. they're going to take different some, things away from Some them. people value life regardless. Right. And then other people put put a measure to life based on uh the based on morality and that's that's kind of one of those it's one of those things where uh, once you start putting value on things then you're effectively putting yourself above those things so by saying that you know or that your perspective on what human life is worth you're effectively elevating yourself above right. And now suddenly you occupy the moral high ground to well, judge other people. Well, we already said people. that we're op- omnipotent and we're Well, at this point, yes, we are. Podcast. But other people making these decisions. <laughs> um, I mean, you can go as far as looking at the, the Dexter situation. Um, Dexter, he murdered because he had like this. He murdered well, because funny. he, I he liked. Have, I have Dexter on my, on my uh, chart. Sweet. I will get to that later. Okay. Well, uh, I, mean, I mean, it's fine. But yeah, he just, he, he murdered because he had a thing that he just, like, that it was like a, uh, it was something that, uh, like a, it was a thing he had to satiate. He actually, like, that was like, a, he had a problem. He had a mental issue. Good but, word. Um, thank you. Um, but if you think about it, he was like, okay, so if I have to do this, I want to be able to do this right. But at the same time, that means he's putting value on people's lives. So right. he only killed criminals and he killed them because he wanted to. So technically, still, the act of killing was could be still considered murder. Mm-hmm. But he justified it by saying, at least I'm murdering the bad people. Right. So they don't murder mm-hmm. or do whatever. But then, wow, you like these are all my notes for yeah. Dexter, actually. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, that it's a. Funny. It's a it's definitely an interesting interesting exploration of how you can justify morals and and want, again your perspective on what you valued certain yeah. things more than others. So as you were saying, you know, we we have to state that there are plenty of proponents of this scenario and they yes. they say it's because it's a very unlikely scenario, which which I get that. Mm-hmm. But also that discussion is probably outside the scope of this podcast. No, it's it can be in there. No, I mean, it's okay. So a lot of things about philosophy, it always deals with, in order to um, distill a philosophy down to its bare minimum, they typically always propose questions that the answer can provide the uh, the person's uh, stance on something. Mm-hmm. So 
in this case, the trolley problem provides that uh, like the person's stance on human or uh, the value of human life. Now that's distilling it out down to the bare minimum, and that's why that discussion always branches off into all of the possibilities that are associated with the people on the tracks, the trolley itself, your state of mind, the options associated right. with the whole scenario. Mind, yeah. Like so it's like it's a lot of things that you can draw from that, but that's the the problem itself is is just a distillation of the idea of the value of human life. Right. So Harvey versus Rachel So in in the Dark Knight, wait, is it Dark Knight? It's just called the Dark Knight, right? I think so. Okay, so the Dark Knight, you know, the Batman's presented with that whole choice, even mm-hmm. though it's basically equal. Mm-hmm. Har- save Harvey, save Rachel, but he goes for Rachel mm-hmm. because he wants to make sure that Rachel's going to be okay. Right. He makes that decision. It, it's just interesting because it's kind of the same scenario. But there's really just one person on each track. And, right. and even though he set it in motion for Harvey to be saved, like he definitely is putting more value on Rachel right. know, in that decision. There's four people on Rachel's track. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, but it, but but just using I mean, just using this this basis, you know, you can you can create s- well, I mean, that's that was that's a realistic scenario, more realistic scenario. It's probably not going to happen. It could happen. It did happen. It did happen in, in the, the movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so that's kind of where I think that the pro- the trolley problem, and, and I understand like in philosophy where it can have its issues, but when you bring it over to the storytelling, it can it definitely adds this layer of com- complexity to everything. Yes. So, also it lends really heavily to. Uh, what a lot of the open world games and the ones that are definitely like uh, uh, choose your own path type of games. Witcher three. Yeah, well, no, don't do it, don't do it. No, I'm not. No, I'm, I actually wasn't <laughs> going to say that okay. game at all. Actually, but it it kind of gives you it. It actually opens the gate for for um, something that we said is going to be the keyword moral ambiguity <laughs> because. If you if you present the problem without the actual trolley and you just you use a scenario that splits two ways that and that each way is not good or can't even you can't see a good ending from where you're standing, right? So by presenting that question with two supposedly bad paths to go down and no other path to mm-hmm. go down, it creates this area where or it creates really good storytelling especially in video games where Somebody can't go, oh, this is the default good choice. Especially when, especially since you have control. Right. Yeah. So I just thought of this. And in video games, typically you can't sit back and say nothing. You know that we recreated the shot problem? The who? The shot problem. I don't know what that is. Well, we created this, turned this podcast into a drinking game. And so we keep on saying all these words, forcing them to drink. Perspective. So is, is this it, actually is it, a thing called the shot problem? No, okay. but is it is it morally wrong for us to say perception and or ambiguity? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Also, you know, you don't know. Never mind. <laughs> I'll cut that out. 
do you uh, do you want to take a break real quick? Yeah. What did you, What did you want to talk to when we came back? Uh, we're going to talk about D and D alignments because that seems fun. Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully. It's going to be fun. Okay, it's going to be fun. Can you guess who the genius in this room is? Well, it's not me. It's me! <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. That's all. Kind of seemed like a version of the Grinch. Except my heart will always be so small and full of ice. <laughs> nice. All right. So now we're going to talk about... <laughs> nice. We're going to talk about, yeah. Yep. We're going to talk about noise. Lifeful noise. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to talk about D&D alignments. And uh, so if you've never played D&D, there are nine alignments. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically dictated. A three by three grid. A three by three grid, grid basically dictated by uh, lawful, neutral, and chaotic or good, neutral, or evil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, three by three mm-hmm. grid, right? Uh, so the first one we're gonna go with is lawful good, and oh, and I guess I should say I, I got some of the stuff uh, from uh, comics, comics first, just because some of it I might be reading directly from it. Uh, so for lawful good, uh, you do good by upholding the law, truth, justice, and honor are all highly valued in this alignment. And I put it as follows the law until doing good has more value than the law. Hmm. And <laughs> that's like it's one of those okay, so one of the things and I'll say this before we actually like really get into it. This chart is one of those things where it's a it's kind of it runs into the, the problem that the trolley problem runs into and mm. in that it tries to define everything even though and they try to give they still give the nine choices, which is kind of like a spectrum, but at right. the same time, there's so many spots in between. Right. And it makes it, yeah. Well, so actually, I like it. There, but there's it, actually subsections of each. Um, I mean, we're not going to get onto that, into that because yeah. that's, that's pretty deep. Uh, but what, so I guess I should have said why I'm getting in the Z&D alignments. And, and, and I like it because it's a good starting point for like if you're creating the character. Right. Also, it deals a lot with perspective because mm-hmm. in D&D, if you create a character and you say they're going to be lawful good, your perspective of the world is going to be different than somebody who creates a character that they want to be, um, let's say, lawful evil because maybe they follow all the same laws as you, but their end goal is evil. Is evil. Yeah. So, again, it's perspective. for you're Like when you're creating your alignment, like you said, when you're creating a character, that alignment helps you to establish your perspective on the world. So, uh, just as examples, and we won't go into them too much, but examples of a lawful good character, uh, Superman, Black Panther, uh, Spock from Star Trek, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and and I put Simon Pegg's character from Hot Fuzz. That's funny. Have you seen Hot Fuzz? A long time ago. <laughs> Where he's, like, so excited to do all the, like, you know, the law and all the paperwork and everything. Yeah. But then, so, basically you know, for these lawful good characters, as I said, like if, if doing good outweighs what is the law, then they will always pick, well, typically they'll pick good. So mm-hmm. in his case, he actually had to go against the law in order to do good. Hmm. 
that kind of feels like maybe he's going off into something else, but kind of I think lawful neutral might have been closely. So the reason why, so this, so I actually had to do, <laughs> I actually had to read a few times for the difference between lawful good and lawful neutral. So for lawful neutral, mm-hmm. so those who fall under the lawful neutral alignment believe that law, order, and structure are more important than anything. So you up the, you uphold the law no matter the cost. For a lawful neutral. Mm-hmm. So the law, so the Templar, as you were talking about before, would be a good example of of lawful neutral because the law of the land is more important of whether or not the decision is good or the decision is evil. Hmm. Just like, for instance, uh, I put Judge Dredd, who is the law, uh, the Jedi Order. Okay. Hmm. Mm. That one, mm, mm. yeah, that's probably about right. Okay. Mm, mm. Can you stop doing that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, put, I put James Bond, uh, and then I actually put the Grim Reaper. I feel like James Bond would fall closer to like a, like a, like a chaotic good perspective. So, so it's mostly. I think James Bond is mostly in like. Like, like they take journeys to other alignments, you know, but for the yeah. most part, they're grounded in, it seems like they're usually grounded in something. Right. Uh, oh, and I, so I put the Green Reaper because the Green, Grim Reaper doesn't care who dies. Just, he's just doing he his job. He just has to do his job. Yeah. And I actually put Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreation on there because all she cares about is. Yeah, I feel like Leslie Nope would be closer to lawful good because she's always about doing the right thing. Yeah, she kind of. And also following the law to do so. Well. The thing about her is she starts off lawful or lawful neutral, and but she uh, characters that she meets gravitate her towards lawful good, which would be character growth. Noise, noise. Uh, you put on here for me, um, Bartholomew Kuma, Kuma, Bartholomew Kuma, um, from One Piece, of course. Um, yeah, he's like one of those characters that they brought into the series and they they haven't really fleshed him out too much, but you can mm. tell that all he wants to do as a as a um shoot as a as a warlord or as a, an admiral, no, I forget if he's an admiral still. I don't know. As a as a in his in his place of power um I don't know how you can't remember. There's only like 800 episodes. Shut up. <laughs> in his place of power, all he wants to do is good, and he actually lets them mod lets them modify his body to pretty much make him all android or whatever. Um, to a point where he really has, he only retains like his his alignment. He just wants to do good, and he will use, or he wants to do he wants to adhere to the law, and he wants to enforce the law regardless of what mm-hmm. what steps he has to take to do it. Um, which also means that at times he does things that might go against what is the perceived law, right. but at the same time he's doing it to uh, maintain the order. Yeah, uh, it's prescribed about, by the law. Yeah. Actually, Ned Stark. I thought that Ned Stark's kind of a good one because he'll kill because there's there's this code, there's this law, and if killing is dictated by this law, then he'll execute that. Right. Um, and then the next one will be uh, that I have listed as lawful evil, which is uh, well structured, methodical, typically successful, believes in keeping order regardless of the cost. So right, that's okay. So 
if you think about it, the the difference between a good, neutral, and evil mm-hmm. is that good keeps in mind the law. Or, no, sorry. Good adheres to the letter of the law and then ensures that when they're following that law, that it's still good. Yes. Neutral keeps the letter of the law, but if they ever need to stray from the law, they may or may not do that. So I don't think they, they stray from the law. Like I mean, well, if they ever need to stray from uh, from good. what's considered good yeah. in order to fulfill the law, they will do that. Right. And then lawful evil is the law rules everything that they do, but for them, there is nothing they would not do to fulfill the law. Mm. Gotcha. Or in reverse, they're abusing the they're using the law for their evil ends. Like they're it's like they're corrupt. Okay, so lawful has to do with the the structure yeah put in place structure and order structure and order and then the good neutral or evil has to do with moral alignment right okay yep and so i actually uh, as you were talking about earlier i actually put dexter under uh lawful evil because yep. like you said he has a code he follows the code but, but he's still murdering yeah he's still murdering and and he's just He's found a way to do his evil deeds, essentially. Yes. So. Um, yeah, and then, shoot, we can go right back to One Piece again. There is a, there's an admiral, a navy admiral, who ends up becoming a really higher, uh, a bigger, higher power. And for him, the law is just so necessary. You know, when people are just so adamant, not adamant, uh, what do you call it? Um, I said it earlier. Dang it. Oh, uh, poops. You know, whenever, zealous. Mm-hmm. He yeah. is lawful evil can be always or can be very commonly associated with uh, zealots, yep. and he is definitely that. He believes that the the world government is is the only power should always be that power, and I will do everything to uphold that power, regardless if you like that or not. As long as I'm doing it by the letter of the law, I don't care what you think. Right. Um, and yeah, he's like a perfect example of that. Also, lawful evil sometimes can um, really define anti-heroes and one of the one of the sometimes like i said yeah um the reason why um we put down dr doom as as lawful evil and and technically if you look at dr doom's backstory he is definitely an anti-hero there are times though where yeah. his alignment well like i said you know sometimes the alignment they'll strain to other alignments or mm-hmm. their character growth will bring them into another alignment completely. right um, yeah, and there, yeah, there's certain certain times where it actually goes closer to like a like a like a chaotic good or something like that. But it's definitely like it's like this different different thing for him. Um, but I do think at one time he would occupy the space as a as a lawful evil. Yeah. Mm. Uh, just some a few more examples, and I'll go quick with this. Uh, I have Darth Vader, uh, Clue from Tron Legacy, and I actually put the Predators because I mean realistically they're savage killers, but they have this code where if the other person wins, then, you know, they'll lay down their arms or they'll respect them, essentially. Right. Uh, Two-Face with his coin flip. Uh, put Barney from How I Met Your Mother because of his, his bro um, code. The Two-Face with the coin flip definitely, I think, goes closer to... Maybe that's neutral. Chaotic. Neutral. No, I think it goes closer to chaotic neutral because he doesn't... He doesn't... Um, the letter of the law doesn't really appeal to him. It's mm-hmm. And if you think about it, in every iteration of two-face it's always been about the chaos that is around us and how we have no choice over the things but still his moral 
thing for in some iterations of him is that he's trying to do what is needed to be done but for him to make the decision he's the one who if you present him with the trolley problem he flips the coin mm. and says well i guess the coin said that this happens the five or yeah so yeah. he he dealt he aligns himself with chaos mm. but at the same time he considers himself to be doing the right thing so it, i guess it might put him chaotic, chaotic neutral, neutral yeah. yeah almost <laughs> like i have no choice over my actions perception exactly <laughs> Uh, and then actually, you don't really know this the show, but uh, I actually put Supernatural uh, two different characters. So there's there's Zachariah who is an angel and he's he's lawful. You know, he follows. Is Crowley a demon? Yes, uh, he follows God, and um, you know he's he's carrying out what he believes to be God's wishes. But to attain his goals, he does sadistic things like mm-hmm. he tortures or manipulates or whatever right and then there's crawley who's the crossroads demon and his he has evil aims but his rules are like more important than evil so like he'll actually refrain himself from doing evil things if you know like like if he makes a deal with someone okay yeah uh which actually i didn't really think about this but he's kind of the kind of an anti-hero in that show who crawley or crawley is just because uh, when he makes deals, he'll totally do th- good things for for the for the main characters. Mm. He doesn't do the the whole monkey paw thing where you, where you 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 want him you make a wish or you make a deal with him and he screws you over in the end because he no, gives no, you no. what you want, but he does it in a way that <laughs> <laughs> wow that benefits nobody. Uh, yeah, like there's times when you know he's got his little demons underneath him and they will they'll break the law. Right. And then, like, he'll off them, even though they're, all, they're on the same size, because they broke that that code or whatever. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay, so on to the next one. We're looking at neutral good. And that is, doing what is right is better than following the rules, though the rules aren't necessarily bad. A main trait of neutral good is doing good things without bias. So, hmm. in that case, doing good is most important. So, okay. So, again, we're going back to the kind of like the separating the two terms off from each other. So, in this case, good is referring to somebody whose moral alignment is 100% good. Mm-hmm. Or, okay, it's more good, right? Yeah. And But in terms of they will do the, that lo- good. the law of the land, it's yeah. I have to do good. It doesn't matter what I have to do to do good. Right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, okay. yeah. Okay. Um. Well, they're not going to do evil deeds to do good. Like, they're right? No, that's what do, I'm saying. Yeah. Their moral compass says good all the time, so they're constantly tra- they're constantly traveling in the good direction. Right. But if the law presents a presents a boundary to doing good, they're going to push that aside and right. keep on moving forward. So, uh, examples of those characters are like Captain America, Captain Marvel. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, Goku is. Um, just mm-hmm. because I mean he doesn't care about being like seen as the hero. I feel like Goku might be closer to like a chaotic good, just because it doesn't feel like he even knows what the law is. He doesn't really seek like he fights his friends for training, but he doesn't like seek out evil. Like evil comes. To That's him. what I'm saying. It doesn't seem like he. There's no adherence. So if to he law was looking for evil and trying to oh you're saying if he was like a crusader we would go closer to chaotic good yeah yeah i okay. think i think the fact that like since 
since when his family is in danger is when he was, he's going to do the most good. Mm. Like, so he hops into action when something conflicts with his his yeah. his moral compass. Um, okay. Spider-Man and then actually Luke Skywalker. Uh, but, then you know, Spider-Man. So these are all the paragons of good. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. Oh, for... For, for yeah. these neutral goods tend, seem to be the, the people who, who just, just do good. And the law really has no binding to when they do good right that's all and i think more in the comics maybe captain america might be more lawful good but definitely you know in the in the mcu especially there's civil war iterations that make him yeah it also depends on who's writing it at the time you know and different takes on it um i did one example and we go back to sort of truth richard the main character from sort of truth he's i would consider him neutral good because um as much as he recognizes that the laws exist, his goal is always to protect the people he loves. Right. And for him, that's the good thing to do. And one of the big examples in that series is that he constantly does things that have consequences outside of like what he saved. So maybe he closed the box of Orden and it saved everybody that was in that room or saved everybody that was in the palace or you know prevented one bad thing. And this is what he considers to be the good path. Right. But all that may have caused, or that does cause some other problems and causes magic to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. But that's him not looking at it as I'm doing. I'm doing literally. I'm doing this because because it's good. I don't care what happens around. And sure. then now I got to solve all those other problems. But I'm still doing it with good on my conscience right. and never under the guise of, of of evil. Which yeah. So yeah. You want to read? That works for them. Hmm? Oh, true neutral. Let's see. Acts without bias, compulsion, obvious, or oftentimes indifferent. Man. So that one, funny, when you started laying these ones out, I was like, oh, that's kind of exactly what I was thinking that, about immediately. Because my example was gods in general. Mm-hmm. Um, to, well, gods tend to be true neutral because yeah. they they make the laws. Yeah, they don't care who wins or loses. It's just, right. It's yeah. just we have to maintain a balance, and mm-hmm. that is the what. That is what we do. So we literally exist in the very middle I mean, of can, all the things. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can have them where they just, I mean, they mostly just care about themselves too. Right. But I mean, that's why I said in general, it's right. typically like the creators don't look at their creations as them. Right. They just look at them in, in terms of judging good and bad. And so it's like they just sit right in the middle and they, the omnipotent beings like is Dr. what Manhattan. I consider. Right. Yeah. You think about the really good example. You escalate to a certain amount of power to a point where everything is below you, Mm. and so now you're truly just looking and watching the world go by. Watching? You mean like, like the the watcher, or the watcher? (laughs) I always call them the watchers. Um. Yeah, that was Stan Lee in the DC or Um, MCU. Sorry. So uh, (laughs) I also put the dude. I've never seen that movie. You know that. Yeah, it's a great movie. So I've heard. <laughs> it's well, then I won't talk about it because you used to see it. That's fine. That's fine. I tried showing it to my wife, and she wasn't as interested. But I think you'd appreciate it. Sure, we'll see. I actually good. originally put a uh, Travis touchdown in this in this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from a game I haven't played again. Yeah, it's a hard one to find because so he loves fighting. Uh huh. And but it's not like he's looking for the fight um he doesn't care if he if that fight leads him to killing the other person um he pretty much just does things for nookie sure (laughs) so 
Sounds like he might be closer to a chaos, but yeah, okay. he might be more chaotic neutral. Yeah. So. Um, so I'll read the next one and then you can take the next three after that. Okay. Um, so we got, we're looking at, uh, neutral evil generally work in their own self interest, regardless of harm caused to others representative of pure evil without honor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who'd you have? Or did you have, did you put anyone down for that one? I did. Okay. Um, but now I'm thinking about it, and after I read it again, I want to put closer to. Uh, I'll have to save them for for chaotic neutral. Maybe. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, so I'll just listen to the ones I have. Um, I'll 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 say it after you say yours, then, just okay. in case. So uh, I put Ego, the Living Planet, from the movie. Okay. Um, essentially, he only cares about himself, and he yeah. wants everyone basically to be him. Eventually, like he wants to be the universe mm-hmm. uh boba fett he pretty much he doesn't he just wants to get paid um <laughs> bowser actually like i mean he doesn't it depends on what story you want to go with okay okay <laughs> but he's just he's just being a dick all the time mm-hmm. uh and then ganondorf uh he wants the rule but it's it's weird because that's another story that it depends on how you look at yeah, it yeah that's true because one of the things I was reading ever since the trailer for, or the little teaser for Breath of the Wild came out mm. is that they actually explained in Skyward Sword there's this being that possibly is like a reincarnation, like it is what Ganonor- Ganondorf is yeah, yeah, a reincarnation yeah. of. Mm. And so maybe he actually had, oh, son of a beezy. Um, he has no choice. My computer's restarting. Oh. Um, he has no choice in whether or not he's evil. He might actually inherit that he's evil. And right. that, but then I also read like further into Ganondorf's like story that he actually is a, um, he's from like a race of people who were disenfranchised, mm-hmm. and that he's like one of the last ones, and that's why it's a, like it's like this weird, uh, it's this weird thing where like everybody has opposed us, everybody killed us off, so ev- everybody else is evil to me. And then when somebody else, like when somebody who thinks that they're good is trying to take down the person who's taking everybody else down, who they consider to be evil because they've always been evil to them. I feel like that conflicts with this timeline they created. Possibly, but, (laughs) but again, because of the, because of the way they've fractured things off, there's a possibility that Ganondorf is not necessarily one person and he can always, he's uh, like, like Link, he's a reincarnation And that reincarnation could be shaped by the time that he exists in. Okay. Which I think is pretty cool. I mean, uh, considering that it's more more than likely an afterthought for a lot of things, I think it's really cool that they they exp- they possi- they might be possibly exploring that that idea. I feel like I've given a good example. Well, I mean, you could go with Agent Smith from The Matrix. I mean, he isn't like. I mean, he's the center of his goal. I mean, he doesn't care about the human. He hates the humans. He doesn't care about his machine masters whatever right he's just all about i don't really understand what he's about he's just basically like i just want to take over everything yeah Uh, i guess he wants to be the matrix he wants to be the ruler of the real world too right so what i was going to say actually for the for for this one was going to be um actually what i was going to say was going to be i was going to say homogulus um the dwarf in the flask is from um full metal alchemist okay uh, brotherhood so he's this like being that exists but can only exist within this flask and 
his goal or his, his want for life. He actually just wants to live. He wants to be, he wants to pretty much be with everybody else, right? But he can't because he can only live within a container. And so he kills, he he takes, uh, he pretty much takes advantage of this this young boy and uses him to create this huge symbol around this city and then uses all of those lives to create a body for himself which is a vessel for his soul um and so i was thinking about it that's initial evil hmm that's initial evil it's all about him right it's definitely all about him um so what ends up happening um shoot i lost my train of thought um sorry so what ends up what ends up happening is that he has his own self-interest and he doesn't care about anybody getting harmed but at the same time like we were saying earlier the character development it was not necessarily that he wanted to kill people it's that it was a means to end because he wanted to be with other people but it was his end his end exactly and i think that's what attributes him to being um to being chaotic neutral or sorry neutral interesting character oh man you should watch full metalicus brother it's really good so now we're going to move on to uh, chaotic good and order and discipline can get in the way of doing good. Using your free spirit to positive ends is the key to being chaotic good. And it's basically I chose I chose to be a good guy, but I'm not going to do it on I'm going to do it on my terms. So some examples of that and and this is the MCU. I'm not really sure how it is in the comics, but. Uh, Iron Man's a good, really good example. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Kirk yep. is a good example. Uh, the Hulk is, uh, okay. as long as he's, as long as he's a little bit more advanced from his his baby brain or whatever. Right. Um, Raphael from Teenage Mutant Turtles, I think is okay. And sometimes I worry about Raphael that he might have like anxiety and depression. I'm sure he's seeing somebody he about issues. that, but also he's a teenager, so that's yeah, I didn't think he's about going that. through some things. He's going through some things, and uh, another good one would be uh, Wolverine uh, when he's with the X Men, at least. Right. I so guess before I, he joined, he yeah, was more like neutral, chaotic neutral, maybe, maybe even chaotic, chaotic evil. Hmm. Uh, I think he's still chaotic. No, neutral. neutral. Yeah, neutral. Um, I actually put. Uh, Batman for chaotic good because I I think of like the uh, that as a, like, oh, yeah. a category for vigilantes. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a perfect one for vi- vigilantes. Like Green Arrow is totally chaotic yeah. good. Yeah, so I can that yeah that's like perfect example. It's like you're doing you're doing the right thing, but the laws hinder you from doing the things that you mm-hmm. need to do. So you just you disregard those and say I'm gonna do the things regardless. And that's why he wears a cowl because he doesn't want people to see his face because right. he knows he's disobeying the law. But he knows that these are, or he has determined to himself that he has to do these things in order for the good to prevail. <laughs> Actually, it's, well, it's interesting as the counterpoint, you know, Iron Man, he's just like the end of the movie, he's like, I am Iron Man. Right. But, but also, he is very prominent about his disregarding the law right. and telling oh, yeah, them he's, that he's you guys are wrong it. and I'm going to do. And I'm right. I'm right. And that's why I do all the things that I do, it's because right. I'm right. Yeah. Uh, and then for uh, chaotic neutral, um, it's based on true freedom from restrictions of society and moral compass. Doesn't particularly care for morality either way. Just does things. So let me start this one off. You keep on. You brought in a couple different examples from the uh, 
from from One Piece, and I thought it was perfect time to bring in an actual good character from One Piece. Okay. Um. So I brought the main character, Monkey D. Luffy. I would consider him to be chaotic neutral, kind of like okay. his moral compass. Well, it's, he's a pirate. He's a pirate. Exactly. Well, I mean, pirates in general, like right off the bat, kind mm. of strikes you as neutral. Um, right. And then, well, well actually, chaotic. they strike you as chaotic because they're against the the natural order of things. Right. And in this case, he's fighting the world government. So there's right. that, but then his morality, um, I would say it's cha- or I would say it's neutral because he actually just wants good things. Mm. But will he, he'll but steal he, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what other people would be, be considered morally good, corrupt or morally bankrupt, he just he does the things, but it's always under like. But, it, but does the things he do? Does he do it? For, he for might a good be closer end. to chaotic yeah. good though. Chaotic good. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought about that. But see, I mean, it's it's easy to blur the lines, you know, obviously. Yeah. Especially for, like I said, for a pirate where the perspective from outside would say that you have, there's no, you have to be neutral because I see you're doing good things, but you're not necessarily a good person in my eyes. So I can't make you good. I can't I, I think, put you out of the category of good. I think if we dive farther into the subcategories of these classes, like it'd be yeah. easier to define, but. Yeah, we're not doing all that. We're not doing that. Uh, so some of the people I put down, uh, well, Jack Sparrow. I mean, he's another pirate. Uh, I put Catwoman. Um, and then it seems like there's a lot of characters that kind of start there. Like Han Solo started there. Uh, Axel from Kingdom Hearts started there. And uh, then I put Beetlejuice. And I thought Beetlejuice was interesting because it seems like he has such a like primitive mind that he doesn't really understand. It's almost like, it's, like playful for him. Yeah. He just wants the attention in a way i don't know uh and then and he's not trying to do bad things he just seems like a kid yeah that has no regard for anything yes exactly um that has you know basically omnipotent power in that area yeah so it's a playground for him yep uh and then joel from the last of us he actually like i don't think he starts off this way but he becomes this way yeah he just kind of becomes a, a survivor in a way and it doesn't matter what he has to do to survive. Right. So, um, and then the last one is uh, chaotic evil. And this is evil for evil's sake. Chaotic evil characters are narcissistic and reliant on self-interest. They believe rules are irrelevant and chaotic evil characters will hurt people that stand in their way. Yeah. So you put down here for me Unicron, and I actually there's this weird thing where I don't, I don't really know, know who Unicron is, but Unicron's the planet eating planet. Oh yeah. Um. So Unicron, I almost feel like would actually be is he closer more like Galactus? to. Um. Kind of, but, is but Galactus true neutral. Huh? Galactus is almost no. Galactus, Galactus is closer neutral? to like a chaotic neutral because okay. I feel like Galactus has like closer to a disregard for what people think or yeah. like a disregard he's just doing for his duty, the... right he's just doing what he's meant to do sure i think because yeah if that's but, the uh, case then that puts him I, true, neutral yeah i was gonna say i think unicron i think that's the way it, unicron survives i don't know the thing is comic books may have portrayed him in different ways in terms right. of making him actually a bad guy or maybe it's again from the perspective of the autobots so possibly they look at him as a bad guy because they destroy his planets but i was just trying to but if it's a planet that eats planets then yeah yeah it's kind of like, oh, you're just traveling the stars, eating planets, just whatever planets are in your way. Right. 
Um, some people can consider that like the that the, really would be kind of true neutral too. Yeah, it I could guess. be like the forest fires. It's like forest fires are started because they're started. Right. Even if we weren't here, yeah, you know, like mankind wasn't here, a forest fire yeah. would still get started. And that's it's not because they're bad and because they want because the forest fire wants to be bad, forest but because it's a natural neutral. order of things. Yeah. yeah, and so I would think I would put it probably closer to to true neutral. Yeah. As for chaotic evil, the ones you put pretty much summarize it all. Yeah. Um, except. I'll say them and I'll tell you which one. Huh? Oh, okay. So uh, I put the Joker, uh, yes. Kid Boo, yes, Freddy Krueger, yes, Simon Phoenix. Do I don't you know who this is. I don't remember. Have you seen Demolition Man? It's, is, that, uh, is that uh, Wesley Snipes? Okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Awesome. It's where like Taco Bell is like the only restaurant that survived like the depression. I mean, it's or their whatever. corporate overlords. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I put Kratos. That's and, one I have and, issues with. So, but. He, so Kratos is not obviously in the new God of War. He is not chaotic evil, but in the past, like okay, so he's, I put him closer to chaotic neutral because his because his uh, morality sways. Because I mean, it starts off where he he's is that person. So but then, it, honestly, before before. He gets his chains of chaos and everything, or blaze of chaos and everything. Like he's more so um, lawful neutral, just because of the fact that like he is an obedient soldier, right? And uh, and when he's betrayed, that he's it's it's chaos at you know his revenge and that chaos at it doesn't matter the cost. I mean, he destroys all of. But I still think it's, I still find him to be neutral, and I guess you have to think about the point in the story. So at the point where he is just destroying recklessly, there's you could consider him chaotic evil because he has no. There at that point, his moral compass is just or his, his he's just morally bankrupt. He doesn't mm-hmm. care about anything anymore because everything that he cared about is gone. And I get that. But then if you get further into it, when he start like when you talk about revenge, mm-hmm. that's where I put people like chaotic neutral because at that point. They have a disregard for the law, right? Mm. But they're not necessarily evil anymore. Like at that point, they are actually they're closer to neutral and possibly on the way to good because okay. they true they truly believe that what they're doing is the right thing. And that's why I think because they believe it's the right thing doesn't necessarily make them good, but it doesn't make them evil because they're killing people either. So putting them in a neutral spot. It's, it's interesting. I mean, realistically, it's interesting how his character arc has gone. The fact that he started off lawful neutral mm-hmm. down no he's lawful neutral and then down to this other you know even even if it's chaotic neutral or chaotic evil mm-hmm. and then what would you say that he is in the new god of war when he has uh atreus um i would say he is neutral good yeah that sounds about right i mean well, technically the whole the whole That's like true. the he's big not... part of that scenario is hero for hire. So like it's kind of he's doing a thing. He's it's the he the law. Journey. The law is definitely something that can can be interpreted at that mm. point, making him neutral. But he's still good. He doesn't actually do things out of spite. He doesn't do things. He actually just trying his best he's not to, to have right to kill. Yeah, yeah, not to kill things. He's trying his best. To really just teach his kid to, to survive. be good. Yeah. yeah, it's just that world he's in. He has to survive. These are the things he has right. to do. So I think he's transferring to neutral good by that time. Which is interesting because so I think when 
like when he's trying to teach uh atreus yeah. like about the world and how to be a man and everything mm-hmm. like he's teaching him how to be that by his lawful neutral self because he's telling he's basically telling him about how who he was as a spartan warrior right you know and obviously he's leaving out the the chaotic part but uh he's not really teaching him how to be a father from the the neutral good perspective you know yeah like from what he's learned at this point you know he's doing it from the perspective of don't do don't be me i messed up i did things well, i'm hiding my past yeah. from you but i want you to just that be he's, good he's trying to get him to start where he started though yeah well yeah he's trying to get him to start in a good place but he realizes slowly but surely that there to be honest the life i live there's no way i can get you to start where i started because we're already we're already entrenched and Mm -hmm. and all these all these subplots somehow to to keep us evil or to keep us destroying things right or like now we 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 would live a life we try to live a life of just being good and just training and being father and son and suddenly everybody just wants everybody out here trying to be in my business (laughs) and i gotta i gotta regulate you know (laughs) What what you gonna do? But at that point, that's what I'm saying. He he gets re- like he goes from like the very beginning of that game, starting in that in that lawful, not lawful Which good, one? um, the, the new, new one. one, yeah, yeah. So kind of like lawful neutral, where like we don't really he, care it about. Feels the, like he wants to be lawful new, good, true neutral. Honestly, true. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, he to be like stop. Don't I don't want anybody alone. bothering. Yeah, me. exactly. But but it seems like he wants to be true neutral, but he's still lawful neutral because of. Or sorry, he's neutral good because he wants that's what he wants his kid to be. Right. Um, but then slowly but surely it turns into like having to teach his kid that the world has like sometimes the world has puts puts in place rules that it says you should follow. But those aren't always good and that's where it turns into it like a chaotic right. good where it's like we are still on the good path, but it looks like we have to take some turns to make sure that we can stay on that path. Well, I was just thinking about this. You could almost like create worlds out of this alignment because he yeah. is in a chaotic world. Yes. You know, um, and so your necessity, you know, like your necessities are going to be different in those worlds. Exactly. So I was trying to figure out where uh, Thanos aligns. MCU Thanos. Um, let me look at the chart real quick. I will have to put him at. So I originally said, um, neutral evil, but then I put him at chaotic neutral. Chaotic neutral. Oh, sorry. Lawful neutral. Lawful neutral. Yes. Why? (sighs) I, I would say overall, if you have to encompass everything, he's doing things by what he considers to be his, the law of yeah. nature. Mm-hmm. But in terms of his <laughs> the compass that guides him into what is considered law, mm. is it's a little wishy washy. Right. He kind of you. There is a point where you can almost agree with him that the the thing he's doing is right, but at the same time, you know, killing people is wrong, and that's what makes it wrong. So he resides in that very small spot in the middle where the the question's asked, did you uh you you did everything you wanted to do? Mm. What did it cost you? So he still exists yeah, in that spot where he's like 
I know what I'm doing is going to be evil, but I'm doing it for the good. Therefore, Mm -hmm. I am in the middle, occupying the spot that nobody else will. So he still thinks that he's doing the right thing. Therefore, the lawful thing. And but he his the things the way he's going about the things definitely it's interesting in having spot. a lawful yeah. neutral villain, villain. Yeah. yeah and it, a good one yeah um, I think that's what made him good I was trying to figure out where uh, because you can almost best villains you can almost agree with them yes and that's yeah. what yeah um, I was trying to figure out where to put Black Widow like in the MCU version and I was kind of thinking that she might actually be like a lawful good. Yeah, Which she, is weird because in the comics, I don't think she's awful good. I think she's closer to a a, a neutral good or a chaotic yeah. good. Yeah, probably, uh, probably like because she's involved a lot in espionage, which mm-hmm. would be which some people might consider to be well because you know, she's below the I mean, law. She'll deceive whoever. It doesn't right. matter who she deceives, but I mean, in the long run, she's doing good. Yeah, or would she be considered like a lawful neutral because? Of the things she did growing up, or you know, but well, it could be yeah, it could be lawful neutral because of the fact that like she's just she doesn't care how she gets to helping the shield or whatever she works for, you know. Right. She's an interesting character, indeed, indeed. So, uh, break time. Yes, please. Okay. Here we go again. All right. Yeah. Uh, so now we're going to talk about. And so this is this is my little theory that mm-hmm. I've created. I've called it the seesaw theory. Ooh. Um, and I'm not going to talk like that the whole time. Huh? I said I'm not going to talk like that the whole time. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, can you tell the audience, listening to the audience, what a fulcrum is? No, I forgot what it is already. Um, <laughs> so you put fulcrum on here, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that that was the thing we need to define at first. Okay. But then as I looked into it, I think the thing we really need to find is levers or levers. Um, yeah, but it's a seesaw. Well, a seesaw is an example of a lever. Oh, okay. Um, so in this case, I define, uh, I went to Wikipedia, as one does, <laughs> Okay. Um, to, to define what a, what a lever is and levers can be used to exert a large force over a small distance at one end by exert, by exerting only a small force over a greater distance at the other. So how this works is think about a plank and you put it over like a triangular shaped, uh, and in my instances, we're going to go with a rectangular center fulcrum. Why rectangular? Because it, it's easier visually. How about a circle? Nope. Got to ask to be... A cylinder. To, nope. Why? Because think about it. Because you still have to have... Cause if it's on a rectangle, technically, if you put equal weights on both sides, you break the thing in the middle. It breaks. Because well, it has no... If it's on a triangle, it's going to break. No, well, no. Because the thing is that the, the weight is distributed differently. Because if you... Here's the thing. With a rectangle, then you technically have two fulcrums because it's both edges of that rectangle. You see what I'm saying? We're going to go with a, a rectangle. But that's not how a lever works. Yeah, it's a little, it's a, like a small one, like a like two-inch thick one, you know? No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. 
the thing about it is to, like the reason why it's usually a, a triangle it's because it's one point of the lever touching the fulcrum and that's where the that's where the distribution is done this is going to make my theory harder yes i'm sure it is because <laughs> you didn't think about the science behind it <laughs> um anyways so pretty much the idea when it comes to physics is that you can put say for instance a hundred pound weight on one side and you can lift that hundred pound weight with only five pounds on the other side if the fulcrum is closer to the hundred pound weight and further away from the five one because what happens is you're able to amplify the amount of force exerted by the five pounds of weight over a distance and it allows you to like so say, for instance, that five pounds of weight is actually times by 20 in order to equal the 100 pounds of weight by its physics, distri its distribution of weight. Right. Yeah. Anyways, the position of the fulcrum determines a lot because if the fulcrum is in the middle, then that means that even weights on both sides have to be there in order to make it um, to make it even. Now, if you still have the 100-pound weight on one side and five on the other and the fulcrum's in the middle, then that means that the 100-pound weight will always go straight down because it's heavier. This is true. Okay. This is high-tech physics. Now, let's hear... I want to <laughs> hear your seesaw theory, and then I'll, I'll, I'll bring it into the, to the physics arena. All right. Well, since I can't use a rectangle, I'm going to have to use, turn triangles into trapezoids. Sure, whatever, man. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. All right. So, basically... Um, so, if you had, like... <laughs> So let's take, for instance, um, the the Tony Stark and Steve thing. So, you know, you have you have Tony Stark, who's a chaotic good character, and then you have Steve, who's like the neutral good, right? And they both want to do good, and so that is a common ground, right? So when you have this common ground, you're basically building a larger trapezoid underneath this this beam or whatever right okay so when you have this common ground it's harder to tip the balance and there's not as much conflict right Keep on so if you have someone that is a character that is uh, lawful good and a character that is chaotic evil the fulcrum in the, in the middle is going to be a lot smarter smaller because well there's probably not going to be any common ground between them okay right and or common goal or whatever and uh, so what I'm trying to say is, so basically if you're the same alignment, you know, you're going to have a, a large fulcrum and opposite alignments, you're going to have a very narrow fulcrum. Okay. So here's what I'm, here, here's how it's a better way to explain what you just said. Okay. While using the idea of a, la uh, a, a lever. A fulcrum. Uh, well, the fulcrum is just the point at which the lever is right. a lever. Okay. Um, so. At this point, think about this. The triangle that is underneath the seesaw, mm. that holds the seesaw in place, mm. is society. Okay? Okay. So, if society is more prone to evil, then that, let's just say, that goes to the left, mm. where evil resides on the lever, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you have society... Well, you just added... Uh, honestly, this kind of goes into the whole uh, God of War, the new God of War game. Right, go ahead. I, I don't know about that. Um, so think about this. There's always going to be uh, there's gonna always going to be evil on one side. There's always going to be good on the other side. Mm -hmm. Society and their perspective of what um, good and evil is is kind of what we were talking about for the balance of light and good. Okay. So 
what happens is you move that fulcrum closer to evil Mm -hmm. society becomes just inherently evil right Mm -hmm. and then that means that to the top hmm? they rise to the top the good ends up being all the way up here or the the good ends up being higher because now the weight of evil Mm -hmm. all they need is just a little bit of space on there to override all of the good oh yeah yeah um so so it's good to be on the bottom no, no, no. what I'm what I'm the thing is these things can always be changed. Right. So say for instance that's the case. And now that little less effort is required on the side of good to overwrite the bad. So that way, think about this. Think about the idea that uh Batman kind of says it all the time, I'm the hero they need. Mm-hmm. The good is necessary in this case. There is a an um think of, oh, you know what? Perfect. Weight loss. If you put on a lot of weight, right? You can. It's actually easier for you to lose the initial weight because you have put on weight. Mm-hmm. But then, once you get past a certain point, once that fulcrum, once your 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 weight loss ability starts to get less and less, it requires mm-hmm. more and more and more effort to lose weight. This is so, true. So, for say like the good guys, if the place is completely evil, the good guys can come in. They have a lot to clean up. Right. Right. So the, le- the <laughs> so it's easier easier to do good. It's easier to do good when there's a lot of evil, mm. but when there's less evil and suddenly you you start to get into the conflict between, okay, so now we've evil we've evened out the evil and the good by all these things that we've done. Now you start to get conflict between what is good and what is evil because now the scales are even. And that's where society is now, the fulcrum is now in the middle. The society is now identifying that there are good things and bad things as opposed to just all evil things. Again, we're good can come in and define it's good and that's what you bring that you can bring you can even out the tables that way okay but i think if you look at the mcu slowly but surely the fulcrum goes closer and closer to evil and the evil just starts to build up mm. and that's where the avengers come in finally start to even out things but then if you notice right after the avengers come together that that fulcrum starts to come back to the middle evil starts to dissipate a little right. bit and suddenly it becomes more of a conflict between the members of good as to what is considered good as opposed to them fighting against evil, which they're going to do that by default now because now it's all evened out. Right. But then, then you start to see the fulcrum go, okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. And so now all of this good starts to breed more evil and eventually it becomes easier and easier for evil to pull down because now the fulcrum's closer to the good and evil requires less effort to actually throw that off. Is interesting. Uh, it was. Well, it's <laughs> interesting because, well, I mean, I had a different take on the seesaw theory. I mean, I mean, not a different take. Just um, mine had to do with character relationships, and yours, mm-hmm. Marshall, had to do with like a, a, a overall balance of of the ebb and flow of of a story, right? Which is or a world or whatever, and in this case, a society, which is also interesting. So the thing I was talking about was, man, it's so different. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so what I was trying to say is that if if you were, I mean, if you're in the same alignment, you know, you would think that if you're on a plank, mm-hmm. like, and there's no fulcrum, like you should be, there should be no conflict. It should be easy for you guys to get along. Right. But then you start adding things like, uh, like different ideologies or 
beliefs or whatever. Yeah, and, and then that, people have to pick sides. Right, it muddies the waters. So even if you're in the same alignment, you know, you can still have these these conflicts. To, and in that case, that would create a fulcrum underneath it. You know? Right. I, in this case, ideology would be the fulcrum. Right. But that's why I use society as a fulcrum because society's uh, prominent ideologies can change. And that's right. why society can move closer to it, an evil ideology or... So, so realistically, like it works both ways. Like I, like my perspective was just a character fulcrum or mm-hmm. character seesaw theory, but you were kind of went to like a, a, a world seesaw theory. And, and, and I guess in a way it, it, they both work. Right. So you can take for both instances. And, and so that is something that, that kind of think about when, you know, if you're creating a character is, is it, it realistically that you want conflict because conflict is, I mean, it's it's interesting mm-hmm. it's entertaining mm-hmm. um and then but some of the th- interesting things about uh you know when when you have this character oh shoot when you have this character so well, i wanted to talk about character growth but it doesn't really work as well anymore that's fine uh so i wanted to talk about like character growth and how when you have that common ground, like you can have that chaotic good character and you have that lawful good character. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually think about uh, Simon Pegg's character in Hot Fudge. 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 Hot Fudge. Hot yeah. Fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Nick Frost's character because his, his character is kind of the chaotic good and uh, Simon Pegg's is, you know, like the, the lawful good. Okay. And they kind of, they kind of pull each other towards each other mm-hmm. because you know he's trying to teach him how like hey you can't just be all this chaos and then nick frost is teaching him hey you can't be all this lawful like yeah we have to kind of meet in the middle to do our our there's a point where lawful good or sorry neutral good is actually better than mm-hmm. and th- and that was kind of where the whole the common ground thing where i was talking about how it would ex- make the the fulcrum larger so that there's not much tipping and then, or maybe that would shorten the um, the plank or whatever that they're on. Right. But it, but that happens a lot. Like you add two different characters from two different alignments, and typically they kind of like pull each other towards each other in a way. Mm-hmm. So this isn't going how I wanted. But well, if you really <laughs> think about it, actually, with the alignments and and the way you're talking about the uh, like the connections between certain alignments, like right. if you think about it, like. The Megatron and Optimus thing has definitely has to do with you can almost think about it like uh like complementary colors and things like that. One one alignment tends to breed another one. Mm-hmm. Um, think about like so if somebody so if uh, if Megatron oh, it's really tr- true. Yeah. yeah if Megatron truly believes what he's doing is right in that, uh, but the way he goes about it is is morally bankrupt, then mm-hmm. it's going to breed somebody that follows the law of the land and that is, is inherently good yeah like if you look at if you look at the D um dungeon dragons alignment chart that those kinds of things would be opposite on that chart i believe it's a uh, they would literally let's see lawful lawful good mm-hmm. would be at the top left and chaotic <laughs> or, or sorry and then um chaotic good or well i guess he because he would end up being chaotic evil because he just now he's just doing it for for bat for bed's sake, you know what I mean? I don't know. Well, like in he stories, still thinks he's. Well, I guess it would be chaotic neutral, but it's still opposite sides of the table. Like I mean, so using this common ground, like a lot of times stories will like you'll have a lawful good character, mm-hmm. but 
sometimes they'll have a common ground with somebody that's like neutral evil and it'll it'll give them enough common ground to be able to balance themselves until said thing is done like the enemy of my enemy is my friend something like yeah, that. that yeah that just like that yeah yeah and that was kind of some of the stuff i was trying to get into but that's fine maybe i didn't de- i didn't really develop my theory well enough i guess mm. i was just complimenting you on <laughs> all of your research <laughs> way to go well there isn't re- any research on this this is me like coming up with my own construct so that means it's a work in progress yeah I don't like it. It's a whip. Yeah. How is it a whip? WIP. Work in Work progress. It. Oh. <laughs> it's a whip. Wow. <laughs> That's really bad. Yeah. You know what that means when it gets bad like that. It's time to end the podcast. It's time to end the podcast. So, so um, yeah. What are we going to talk about next week? Do, you have, do we even have oh, that? It's all you, man. Sweet. You're, you're you're supposed to be doing an interview. Oh. I don't know who you're interviewing. Surprise. Why don't we just interview each other? I don't because I don't like you. Ugh, okay. Fair enough. This is only for 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 monetary gain. <laughs> well, it could be interesting just uh interviewing each other in our our lives and our history. It's probably not that you interesting. Don't know me like that. You don't want to know me like that. I am chaotic evil, and I will definitely. Oh, that's why I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you what alignment you think you are. I am probably mm, neutral good. Yeah, that's what I was going to say for myself. Probably neutral good. Seems so basic. I don't like it, (laughs) but I do feel like you know, like whenever I I do feel like my knowledge is. I don't know. I feel neutral, like true neutral, a lot more, more than more than not. But I think I think I would say I identify as neutral good. Like I think I'm a good person, but sometimes I just like you know what? Who cares what society says is the right thing to do? Well, it's okay because as a lot of these characters do, they kind of sway between and then slowly but surely transfer into chaotic evil. But yes, actually, that that is the crazy thing about Kratos still, like. The, the the range that he's gone through. Yeah. So. Like you said, character growth. Yep. Perception. Ambiguity. Um, I hope that was the last shot you had to take. Um, <laughs> and we are definitely going to wrap up. And hopefully next week we will have some interviews. If not, we'll have something else. Obviously. You're not going to miss a Monday. Um <laughs> And, you know, maybe we'll have some, some in-between episodes if we didn't already have in-between episodes because we plan all this stuff out really well. We're super efficient at all the things. Except for on the fourth episode of the month because we have it marked as miscellaneous. Don't say... Mm. <laughs> Dang it. We're not so perfect anymore. <laughs> Anyways, um, that being said, if you would like to tell us your alignment or what your perceived alignment is on the alignment chart, you can you can find me on Twitter, F-Y-N-R-I-R-B-A-N-E, Finrabane. And you can find David at, um, I believe it was NVG Dave. That is correct. Oh, that okay. That is correct. Wow, <laughs> that was the good voice you used. Um, Let's take it to Billy Madison. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not going to tear off my shirt, though. 
please don't. <laughs> um, and if you have any questions, suggestions, or maybe we got something wrong with the alignment chart, and you thought maybe a character didn't really fit in a certain no, spot. No, we didn't. We didn't get. It. We got it right. Okay. I Anyways. mean, you could try to tell me I got it wrong, but it's right. Anywho, <laughs> you can email us at mvgpodcast at gmail.com. I said at before that, and I didn't like that, but yeah. Email us at. Dang it. There's another, another word to use there. How is this complicated? I don't, I don't know. I don't like to use those words. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>